Good morning, Solid Word, and to all those who are joining us this morning. We're grateful once again for the opportunity just to be able to be with you and thankful again that we can share God's word as we continue to walk through um, this very unique um, and difficult time um, for all of us. Um, we thank God for his grace and his mercy and how he continues to hold us. Um, and if this morning you come to this message um, not feeling like you are held, there is hope. And my trust is, my, my desire is that today as you hear the words of the Lord, that you will allow them to, to settle you, to change you, to direct you, and to lead you. We have actually spoken on this particular topic before, but I just really felt that uh, this was something that would be calming for all of us and something that would help us to see, um, to see Jesus more clearly and thus to trust him um, in a more intimate and effective way. And so if you would turn with me before we pray to Mark chapter four, we'll be reading from verses 35 through 41. And it's a, a very, very familiar passage of Jesus calming the storm. But there's some things I wanna point our attention to this morning um, that I believe will really help us as we go through this current storm that we are all facing and dealing with, although, although at various degrees. So turn with me to Mark chapter 4, and I'm going to start at verse 35 and read through verse 41. On that day, when evening had come, he said to them, let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. And other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. He said to them, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Father, we thank you for your word, O oh God, which gives us light, gives us clarity, gives us hope, gives us direction, gives us peace. And we pray today, Lord, that as we get into this word, that we would see and hear what you were saying, where you were pointing and how you want us to live. As we hear this account of how you dealt with your disciples, your first disciples. And of course, it gives us a picture of how you are dealing with us. And so we pray that you would give us understanding, insight and wisdom that we would live differently from what we've heard today. We ask you this in Christ's name. Amen. And so if I were to give this morning just a title to this message, a tag on this, I would say Jesus, King of the storms or Jesus has authority over the storms. And as you know, this particular one, this is kind of an all day event of teaching and starts out in chapter four, verse one, where he says, again, he began to teach beside the sea. 
And a very large crowd gathered about him so that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea. And the whole crowd was beside the sea on the land. And so everything leading up into this is, I mean, uh, on, right, leading up into this is Jesus sitting down to teach the crowd. And there are different things that he's bringing up. And we see as you go through the parable of the sower and the seed, uh, lamp under a basket. I mean, there are there there are these different um, things that he is using as he is teaching people about the kingdom, about him, about his character. And so when we get here, it is now evening has come. And so we see, first of all, that there is a command from Christ, that there is a command from Christ. A command from the Lord. Verse 35 says, On that day when evening had come, that he had been teaching all day, he said to them, Let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was, and other boats were with him. And so what we see is the scene and the stage is actually set. And initially, after a full day of teaching and evening was rolling in, <clears throat> he turns to his disciples who were with him in one of the fishing boats. And he says, we're going to go over to the other side of the sea. Now, they were on the Sea of Galilee and Sea of Galilee is some 700 feet below sea level. And it's about 90 miles, if we would say that. Um, uh, I'm just down from Mount Hermon. And so what could happen because of this place that was below sea level, cold air, hot air rising, there were, I mean, uh, it was very, very common for storms to come up and storms to happen when cold and hot air meet, just like right now. And so it was very common. And those in the boat, especially the fishermen in the boat, would have been very used to it. But this was going to be a day like no other day for them. And so what we read, though, he turns to them and he gives a command. He gives a directive. He says, let us go to the other side. That's going to set the stage for everything that happens. Christ has given a call. Christ has given a command. Christ has said, here is some direction for us. We are going to move. We are going to go. Now, for the disciples, Mark is telling us, based on Peter's account, he is giving us what was happening with, with, with a lot of detail. If you go to the other Gospels, they don't have as much detail, Matthew nor Luke and the other synoptics. But Mark, in, 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 in this particular account, gives some good details that would help us to capture what was happening in the story. Regular day, Jesus finishes teaching, turns to the disciples and said, we're going to go somewhere else from now. Let's go. And so it says that they took him in the boat. In other words, they responded with obedience to the command and they set out. It said they took him as he was. And what that probably means is that he was already in the boat, that, 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 that they didn't go back to the shore. Because remember, from verse one, he was teaching from the boat. And so now what we see is he says he was already in the boat just as he was not going back to the shore. They just headed further out into the sea. They continue to journey along following Jesus or with Jesus in their boat. Today, we can even look at that and just say they were following the command and the directive of the Lord and were journeying in life with Jesus. 
For you and I today, we may not be in someone's fisherman boat. We may not be in the fishing business and have a boat that we're sailing in, but we are sailing through life. For those of us who are, who are Christ followers, we are, we are sailing through life at the command of Jesus, following him as he tells us to go. And in essence, he tells us and he tells them, there is a destination that we will get to. And so these are obedient disciples. They've just heard his teaching. They've heard him speaking with authority. They've already seen up until this point some of the miracles that have happened. And so they have seen Jesus at work, but they are still learning more. And so now they get into the boat and they head out in direction. And so for you and I, we are we are heading out in our life, following the directive of the Lord, following the instruction of God. We take him with us or as Matthew's gospel says, we follow him. And although he is in our boat, he is in our life. He is along with us for our journey. We are following him. We are moving along based on the directive of Jesus. And I like the fact that here you have these Christ followers, these disciples. Here you have them doing exactly what Jesus says. And that's exactly what he wants. But then there are some things that happen afterwards that I want us to see here and allow it to settle us and to minister to us. But keep in mind that this starts off <clears throat> with a directive from the Lord that says, let us go. It just reminds me at the end of Matthew's gospel when he tells them to go into all the world and he sends them out on this lifelong journey and he sends us out. Those who are following Christ, our sins have been um, confessed and now they are forgiven because we've repented and we are walking with Christ. We know not perfectly, but consistently, but we are going. And as you and I go, something can happen or something today has happened that they would never forget. And Peter, as dictating the mark, never forgot. It says that they left the crowd, took him with them in the boat, and there were other boats with him. There were other boats along, but we kind of get this focused in telescopic view on just one boat. There were a whole bunch of other boats there, but there was one boat in that group and that crowd that had Jesus in it. It makes me wonder as we go through this story what happened with these other boats. There, that there, was, there, was no, there was no news reports. We couldn't hear the evening news about the great storm that happened and all the boats that were affected. We just hear about one because it was the one that had Jesus in it. And the scripture doesn't tell us what happened to this particular, I mean, to any of the other boats. As a matter of fact, the crowd is left behind. We see there that they've left the crowd and they're following Jesus. They've left everyone else and all that that means and they are following him. And for you and I, let that, let that direct you. Whatever the crowd is doing, when Jesus gives a directive, you 
go. He says to you, he says, come, let's go to the other side or let's take a journey. And in this journey and in his comment, there is an assumed destination. When he says, let us go to the other side, he's saying we're not just frivolously and randomly roaming on the sea. I am going somewhere and I am taking you with me. And so they set out on this journey with the Lord. But as they journey with him, as we look in verse 37, it says, And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling up. So my next point, after we got a command from Christ, we see that there was a great storm. There was a great storm. <clears throat> see, now, understand these fishermen would be used to storms that come and these squalls that would come down and they would quickly arise, as I said earlier, because of the climate. So this wasn't something uncommon, except this storm hit them like nothing else. And I think today it has great application as we are riding through a great storm that has come up on us, that humanity is dealing with, that everyone throughout this world, this is not a localized storm, although its intensity may be localized for you, but it is a storm that is for all humanity. Every place on the planet, <clears throat> every nation is dealing with this in some fashion or any other. There is... There is some level of intensity, some less, some more, but it has all of humanity's attention. And so this great storm hits. It says so much so that 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 a windstorm came up so much so that it was breaking onto the boat and it was starting to fill up. And I don't know if any of you have ever been on a boat, on a vessel, on the sea, <clears throat> on the ocean, when a storm breaks, we've had a chance to be on a cruise and, and the storm wasn't great, but when the waves started to kick up, we started to feel it and we could see it in our room as the boat began to go from side to side. And it was a little, you know, disconcerting as we were on this vessel and, and my thoughts just went, uh, how is this thing going to turn out? What's going to happen? And it wasn't even rocking that much. We had been on a smaller, not small, but smaller vessel one time when we were going from one country to the next. We were actually attending a, a conference as we lived in Europe and we were crossing from, I mean, the Baltic from, from, from Finland into Estonia. So we were going from Helsinki, Finland into Tallinn, Estonia. And as we were crossing that particular day, boy, the waves, I mean, the wind was kicking up and the waves were hitting and coming up against that ferry and we had taken what they call the faster ferry which takes about an hour and a half to get across that stretch of the Baltic but man I tell you that day when you have to walk normally from one part of the ship to the other leaning forward and trying to keep your balance it'll get your attention and so we eventually got there but boy that rocking and that and and the waves hitting up against the windows and up against the decks just got our attention and it got us quite a bit nervous. So I can't imagine now these are fishermen who are 
used to this and the boat starts filling up, which means if too much of this storm comes in to this boat, that it can sink. And boy, there are some of us today that what's happening and what's coming about is so overwhelming and it seems that one wave after the other is hitting one wave after the other is hitting our boat our life our journey we were obedient to Christ we were following you Lord and I didn't expect this thing to come up the way it has and it hits and it hits and it's starting to fill up it's starting to overwhelm I don't know God can we take this And so you begin to think, am I going to be able to withstand this? I was being obedient to you on my journey. And I thought being obedient to you meant that I was protected from this. God never said that. And we see in verse 38. It says, but he, meaning Jesus, was in the stern of the boat, asleep on the cushion. It's interesting because I thought, boy, instead of us saying I'd like to sleep like a baby, I think what we should be saying is I'd like to sleep like Jesus in the boat on the storm. Because if you can sleep through this, you can have some great sleep. And so what ends up happening They come and they see him asleep in the stern of the boat on the cushion and the waves are filling up and and water is getting in the boat and they're trying to bail the water out. And these fishermen who are seasoned and who are experienced, those of us in our lives right now, our lives, we are so seasoned and experienced with life or, or maybe you're experienced in in handling financial affairs, but this thing is overwhelming you financially. Maybe you are experiencing in, 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 in managing a crisis, but this crisis is overwhelming. Maybe you're experienced, you're experienced in managing people and calming them down, but this is overwhelming. Maybe you are experienced in the medical field, but this is too much. And what we see now is the experts Some of them come to Jesus because in a great storm, what it will do is it will cause you if you're feeling overwhelmed and you begin to try and work this out on your own and 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 you are not remembering the directive that was given to you from the beginning that we're going somewhere and you're going to reach that destination. You forget that and you try and work it out and fix it on your own. And when it doesn't work in this great storm, what we tend to do is we tend to turn and do exactly what the disciples did. They had Jesus in their boat, but they were afraid they were going to die. And I guess they included Jesus, too. They did not understand. They thought that Jesus were all going to die, including you. If something doesn't happen. And so in their fear and in their being overwhelmed, they run and they wake up the Lord and they say, and they woke him up and said to him, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? 
They're looking at him fast asleep. They're looking at him relaxed. They're looking at him resting in the storm. And they conclude because they have forgotten what they were told that Jesus doesn't care. And as someone this morning, you are going through this storm and maybe it's another storm in conjunction with this COVID-19 storm that we're all going through. And you are concluding because it is overwhelming you that God doesn't care that I am going to die. You've already concluded that this is not going to turn out fine. You've already put the, the end on the story and said, we are going to die. Don't you care? Now, there is some faith, it seems like, in that because they came to Jesus eventually <clears throat> and they woke him and they had enough sense that they said, OK, don't you care? Shouldn't you be doing something? We've seen you do something before. Shouldn't you be trying to help us? And when we are frantic and when we forget what God has commanded and the promises that he's given us about him sustaining us and about him keeping us, one of the things that happen is that we think God doesn't care. And I love what happens. There was a command from Christ. There was a great storm that overwhelmed them and they could not handle it in their own strength and power. And when they were at their end and fearful that they were going to die and it was going to overwhelm or that they were going to be destroyed, that word perishing, that it was going to annihilate us, we were going to, um, we were all going to die. They wake up the Lord and he gets up. And the first thing he does is he deals with what is now causing or what has led to them to respond in fear. And so we went from the command of Christ to a great storm. The next one is to a great calm. And look at what it says. And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace, be still or quiet, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. See, the scripture says that there was a great windstorm in verse 37. And there's verse 39. It says that there was a great calm after Jesus stepped in. Jesus was always in the middle of the situation. He was always there. And yes, he did care. <clears throat> but he had already known because he had given a directive in the beginning where they were going to end up. And so he gets up and it says that he rebukes or he speaks to the wind. And I like the double thing that happens here that Mark records. He says he gets up and he rebukes the wind. He, he, he speaks to the wind because that's what all of us do. When a hurricane or a tornado comes, we get up and we speak to the wind. No, we don't. We run for cover. And he gets up and he says to the wind. Be quiet. He rebuked the wind 
and said to the sea, peace. And then he goes, be still or quiet to the wind because it was making noise. He says to that which is causing us or giving us fuel to get unsettled or that which is causing our environment to change. He demonstrated his authority over nature. He demonstrated who he is and he says to the wind, be quiet. See, don't underestimate that Jesus can say and calm to your situation. And even if you're in the midst of this and what would happen, he says, be still. The authority is his. This is not a question of the ability of Jesus. But he says, be quiet. And then he turns just in case they thought that was at just kind of by coincidence, he spoke and the wind just happened to stop, that the storm was over. We all know that in a storm, even if the wind stops, the waves are still pounding for a while because it had stirred up the waves. And it says that he spoke to the wind that was caused, that which was causing the storm and that which was the result of what was causing the storm. He says, be still. But I also believe that those disciples could hear what he was saying. Be quiet. Stop wrestling. Stop moving about. Stop screaming. He spoke to the wind, but they were watching. He said to the sea, but they were noticing. And he says to the sea, be still. And then the scripture says that there was a great calm or as it could be said, there was dead calm. There was nothing. It was still. You have to understand that the miracle in that, that for the wind to have worked up this environment so much that it would cause the environment to continue on, which it would in an instant, it stops and all is calm. See, for us in our lives, what that also means is that Jesus has the ability to quiet us down and to calm our lives. He has the ability to quiet the storm and to cause it to cease its assault on us. He has it, but most of all, what he was doing is he was quieting them. Yes, he dealt with the environment. Yes, he quieted the storm on his side. I mean, I mean, in his timing. And I don't know when he does that for what's happening around us. That's not for you and I to worry about. It's his authority and his timing. But what he says to you and I is quiet down and be still. Stop thinking I don't care and settle down and be still. And as we see in other scriptures, be still and know that I am God. Stop letting this rattle you. And he says there was a great calm. Nature obeyed him. And for you and I today, will we do the same? Will we allow ourselves to be calmed? And he turns to them 
And he says, verse 40, he said to them, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? Understand what he was doing. He said, why are you afraid? We've been journeying together up until now. You've seen me speak with authority and act with authority. You've seen what I have authority over and who I have authority over. They have been traveling with him. And he says to them, why are you afraid? Why? Because let's go back to that command. He says, let us take a journey in essence. Let us go to the other side. We're going somewhere and we're going to make it there. And so they look <clears throat> in amazement. Elephant in the room is, did he just really speak to the wind and it actually stopped and speak to the waves? And it was as calm as ever. There is a dead calm on the ocean, on the sea. Did he really just do that? But he doesn't even talk about what he just did. He says to them, he directs his attention right to his disciples. And I believe it was a very loving rebuke, if you know the character of Christ. And he says, why are you afraid? In other words, there really was no reason for you to fear, although there was reason for people to be afraid. What do I mean by that? He goes, I'm in the boat with you. Did you really think I was going to go down? or that I would let you go down when I gave a command earlier. And for you and I, the command for us is God says, let's go to the other side. Yet yeah, we have small storms in life and they come and they go. We have storms even, <clears throat> even, uh, even this big one. And they will come and they will go. I was sitting this week on my porch as I had watched the news before, and this one I knew about, they were saying that storms were coming in, supposed, and, and, and they weren't totally right with that because it didn't storm in the way that they had predicted, at least at that particular time. But as I sat there, the morning started out sunny, and I was doing some reading, and I was sitting in there, and, 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 and the skies began to change and get gray, and the sun disappeared because of the cloud cover there. And it started coming in and the wind was picking up and I'm sitting out there and I took a picture of the gray because I said to myself, I said, wow, this storm is coming in. And as I said that, this thought rolled in my mind right after that. And just as it came in, it will go out. And I said, yeah, that's right, it will. Because that same wind that's pushing it in is going to bring it right on out. And what it reminded me of was storms in our life and that they may be great in varying, I mean, various degrees of intensity. Even till the ultimate storm, life's journey, and as we face our end in life of life's journey, that storm called death. And how will we respond even when we're faced with that? Jesus said we're going to the other side. There is another side of life and it's called eternity. And when that great storm comes, will Jesus be in your boat? 
I don't know what happened to those other boats. We don't hear about it, but we know what happened to one boat. And it's the one in which Jesus was in. And when that great storm hit, Jesus was able to bring a great calm. Throughout your storms in life, are you allowing God to calm you as he calms your storms? And the ultimate great storm of life, when we face our end, are we going to allow him to calmly bring us to the other side? The other side of our temporary storms and our and the other side of our ultimate storm. Is he going to lead us there? Is he in your boat? It says in verse 41, we said there was the command of Christ, a great storm, a great calm. And in the last one, we see there was a great fear. Because of a great God, there was a great fear. Because of the great God. Verse 41 says, and they were filled with great fear and said to one another, who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Some version says, what manner of man is this? What kind of person is it? Who is this? They thought they knew Jesus. And because he just dealt with what was turning their life upside down, the, the intended result, as Jesus wanted it to be, I believe, is that there was this great fear, there was this awe, there was this holy terror. Some people say, God didn't mean for you to be afraid. No, there is an aspect of it where you stand in not only awe, but in this, in this terror, not of running away, but in this realizing the great power of who God is in the person of Jesus, of who God is and who his son is, there is, this, there, 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 is this, there is this great terror in the person of Jesus Christ when you realize, oh my goodness, did he just do that? And God wants those moments in your life where you look and you see how he moves and how he acts and you stand there with your mouth hung open, but you also realize, who you're dealing with, he's just revealed himself in a greater way and he is not someone to be played with, that he is indeed all-powerful and that he is indeed someone to be not only revered, but to have a sense of terror about. And he says to them, and, and it says, he, they say to themselves, what kind of man is this? Who is this? And I will say it is Jesus, son of God, equal with God, who was in your boat, leading you to the other side. The intended end when God calms your storm through Christ is for you to turn and to say how great is our God. Notice they talked about the storm, but only in light of how Jesus dealt with it. They didn't focus on, did you just see those winds and those waves just stop? They didn't. They turned their gaze on Jesus and said, what kind of man is this? Who is this? 
And you and I, as, 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 as Jesus deals with our life and the storms that we're going through, we are learning more about him. And, and, and there are some of you today that you are going through this and, and, and God has opened in greater measure your understanding and you stand in awe and go, oh my goodness, I never knew him like this. And you almost ask, who is this? Who, who is this? And you get an answer. God says, it's me. The great God who has authority over all of your storms in life and who has authority over the ultimate storm that we all will face. And that is the end of our life itself. And when Jesus is in your boat, you can stand awe. And you can stand answering that question of who he is. He is the great God. Jesus Christ, who would from this text would go on to bleed and die for our sins, to be resurrected on the third day, to have all power and all glory. And for us to be able to stand in awe and say, God, we worship you, how great you are. And only did you calm all the storms in my life, you will deal with. And now on the other side, you've dealt with the greatest storm. And so today I ask you, is Jesus in your boat? I'm not saying is Jesus your co-pilot or your co-captain or, or no, no, no. Or is he on your staff? Are you following Jesus? He's given a command to let's go to the other side and and he was already in your boat as he was teaching and instructing. And now he's leading and guiding and you just say, yes. Is he in your boat? If he is, you continue to let him lead and guide. And he may he may have to say to you, why are you afraid? Do you still not have faith after all that you've seen of me? After all you've seen me do, after all of what you've seen, who I am, do you still yet not believe that I will get you to where I say I am going to take you? And I'm not just talking about some temporal place here in life. Ultimately, God is saying I'm carrying you to life's end and beyond. Do you believe that I can do that? If you don't have Jesus in your boat, if he is not leading your vessel, your life, that can change today. I don't know what happened to the other boats, but I'll be very honest with you. I would be so afraid if I was in a boat going through that storm and there was no one in it to calm the storm and to calm the waves. Now, granted, others may have been affected. We don't know. We can't even um, we can't even think about that because Scripture doesn't talk about that. But here's one thing I do know. If Jesus is not in your boat, boy, that's a totally different picture. That's a totally different scene. That's a totally different environment. And I don't want to be there. Not just the COVID-19 storm. I'm just talking about the storm of life itself in its totality. And when I get to life's end, I want to be able to know that I will be brought safely into eternity because I was obedient to the call of Christ and I have him in my boat. Let me ask you some questions for today. Let me ask you some questions. Have you heard the command 
and the directive of Christ to go, to let's go. I like that because he says, I'm going with you. I'm not leaving you. He says, let's go. Have you responded to that command and that call? Is Jesus in your boat? Are you on a journey with him? If you are, are you living obediently according to his teaching and his word? If you are, understand you will get into storms in your life. God does not guarantee that life would be without storms. He just guarantees that if you are in him, that he is in you. That he is in your boat. That's what he guarantees. And that whatever you go through, he is in the middle of it there with you, resting and wanting you to rest with him. As you are going through maybe this great storm or any other great storms that have happened or that may happen in your life, in this particular one, are you forgetting who was in your boat? If you're a Christ follower, are you acting as if Jesus is in your boat or in your life? Are you acting that you have remembered what he has said? Or are you frantically, are you frantically running about thinking God doesn't care? Next, are you allowing Jesus to quiet you and to make you still like he did the winds and the sea and the waves? How are you allowing him to do that? Are you allowing your fear to dissipate? Or does he have to come and ask you again, why are you afraid? There's no reason to be overwhelmed by fear. Yes, we are afraid of way. Yes, it may induce some fear because there are some unknowns that are happening. But he says to them, do you still not have faith? Are you afraid because you're not believing that God is going to live up to his word? Or are you allowing God to calm your life? in your storm. Let me ask you lastly, do you know what kind of man this is? Do you know who Jesus is, the kind that would speak to the wind and the waves and cause them to be calm and to be still? Do you know? Because if you don't, you can. The disciples eventually would know as Peter is, I mean, as Peter has given his account to Mark and Mark is writing, Peter now knows as this account was being written. He knows what kind of man this is and he knows that he is the risen Lord and that he is the glorious Lord and the one who has been given all power and who has all authority and one that even Peter himself will give his life for. question is for you. Do you know who he is? If you don't, you can. And right there, wherever you are at home, as you are watching this, Jesus can enter your boat. 
He can enter your life and can put you on a new direction to a destination that he guarantees you're reaching it. Are you realizing that Jesus is the king of the storm or that Jesus has authority over the storm? You can today. You can today. This morning, if you've not trusted him, if you've not, if you've not realized and recognized and agree with God, for those of us that may not know the Lord that are listening this morning, you if, 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 if you have not, God wants you to agree with what he says about mankind's, humanity's sin. All of us are sinful and have sinned. And he says we fall short of God's glory. All of us do. And that sin problem, we can't fix ourselves. We can't sail out on that sea of life by ourselves and think we're going to make it safely into eternity, into that new shore. We can't. But if you agree with God, that's called confession, that man is sinful, that you are sinful, you were born in sin, and there isn't anything that on your own you can do about it. You can't be good enough. You can't do enough good deeds. If you are here today and you, and you do not know Christ, and if you agree with what he says about man's sin, that is the first great step, and then secondly, that you can repent of that sin, that, that, that you come and say, God, I agree with what you have said and I repent of it and I trust in the work of Christ that those disciples themselves knew and had seen that he died for them, that he bled, he died for their sins and their forgiveness. And then he would later, three days later, rise from the grave. And if you trust and believe in that and you come to him asking for the forgiveness of your sins, he does it. Scripture says that he will forgive your sins. And then, if that is true, you are his. And you want to walk with him and to begin a new life with him, you can do that as well. So right where you are, you can just pray, asking God to forgive you of your sins, knowing that you're a sinner, and allowing him to change you today. No fanfare, don't need a lot of people around. And then begin to walk this journey with Jesus in your boat. Will you do that today? If that's you, if that's you today, will you do that? This storm does not have to cause us to run around in fear, worrying that God doesn't care that we're going to perish. Instead, we can allow him to calm us knowing who he is. Pray with me today. Father, I thank you so much, Lord, that you calm us. Father, that you settle us. Those who are yours, Lord, do not have to be overwhelmed with fear because they know who you are. And Lord, if we've forgotten because of the intensity of the storm, Father, help us to remember who you are. Lord, I pray today that although there was a great storm, Father, we would remember the command from Christ 
so that there will be and that we will realize that there will be and can be a great calm. And Father, that we respond with a fear and an awestruck stance that we are seeing in greater demonstration who you really are. And I pray that by it, Lord, that we would allow the world to see that you calm the hearts of those that trust in you, even as they are walking through a storm. And for those today that don't know you, Lord, I pray today that you would help them to bow their hearts, their wills, their lives to you as they confess their sins. And as they allow and, and they believe on the finished work of Christ on the cross and they allow you to change their lives today and start a journey that will end the way you promised that it would. Father, I pray that you would settle us. In Jesus' name, amen. As we close out this morning want to do just a little differently than I have before. There's a song that has been on my mind actually all this week and um, I grew up with hymns um, as a boy in the church that I attended and I grew to really love a lot of different hymns but there was one that's been going through my mind through, um, throughout this week and is one that's called It Is Well With My Soul. It's very familiar and I know for many of us we may know the story behind it. Mr. Horatio Spafford of course was the the one who wrote it was a very successful businessman um, in Chicago back in the late 1800s and we knew initially he had lost a lot of his business in the great fire of Chicago but then was able to rebuild that business. Him and his wife had five children they had lost one about 1871 to pneumonia and then of course <clears throat> what many of us may know that um, as they were on a trip to Europe he sent the family ahead and that he was staying behind to get some unexpected business settled and as they got four days into the journey crossing the Atlantic it ended up hitting another ship and in doing so the ship began to take water and begin to sink and Mrs. Spafford got her four daughters that were there and they got together and prayed as it was later told and um, that, that they would spare the family and the ship went down. I think about 313 people, 226 had lost their lives and it was when, um, and when they went to find survivors, one of the survivors was Anna Spafford, was his wife and she was, um, she was, taken on board and made it over to Europe and she telegraphed, she sent message to her husband about what had happened. Daughter's loss, he was, and she was the only one who survived. And in that, as he came across on the journey to meet her in Europe and he got to the spot where the accident, where the ship went down, the captain of that vessel called him in and told him this, what it, and this is the spot and it was told then, it was said then that that's when he penned the words to that song. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, 
that thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. There was a particular version of the song that I had really appreciated over the years, but one that I just heard recently that was shared with me, and, and many of you might have seen it by now. It was a group of studio singers that got together and, and, and sang virtually um, an arrangement, a version of the song. And I want to leave that with you this morning and ask you this, to let the song minister to you, knowing what happened to the writer. And I didn't read the rest of the lyrics. Many of you may know it. And if not, listen to the song so you can look up the lyrics yourself. But knowing what happened and for him to write this song, to me, just reminds me of Christ in his boat. And Christ can be as in ours as well. Is it well with your soul? Let this song minister to you. Have a great week, Solid Word. And all those watching, God bless you. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like It's well with my
my soul. 